Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. This week on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast, I am talking with Dr. Sonda Moldovan. Dr. Sonda, as she likes to be called, is an award-winning periodontist and nutritionist with her own practice in Los Angeles, California. She's an internationally recognized speaker, author, and television personality consulting on oral health, periodontics, nutrition, and anti-aging. Dr. Sonda is the go-to oral health expert for the Emmy award-winning television series, The Doctors, and is a widely sought-after oral health expert by NBC and CBS. She just launched her wellness brand, Orasana, and released her book, Heal Up, Seven Ways to Faster Healing and Optimum Health. Originally from Transylvania in Romania, Dr. Sonda has worked extremely hard to build up her robust practice where she is helping transform her patients' health and their lives. I'm obviously biased when I say that I love her, but she has totally changed the way I feel and think about my oral health. She taught me the importance of how our mouths are gateways to the rest of our health and immune system, which is why taking care of our teeth and gums is a crucial part of our daily routine that we should not be skimping on. I was super excited to talk to her about all things preparing your body for pregnancy and how to get our bodies in optimum health. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and share it with a friend. It would mean the world to me for you to take a few minutes to do that. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Dr. Sonda Moldovan. Enjoy. Well, thank you, Dr. Moldovan, for being here. Um, how you go by Dr. Sonda and Dr. Moldovan? Like, what do you prefer? Thanks, Natalie. I'm happy to <laughs> talk to you about this thank very important you. topic. Dr. Sonda is fine. Okay, great. I'm reading your book, Heal Up, right now. I'm like kind of bouncing around, like you say, to kind of go through the chapters and read it as you wish. So, um, I wanted to start there. The beginning of it really resonated me, like the first sentence of the introduction. You write, um, "It's interesting how the sum total of my personal and professional experiences ultimately brought me to this exact moment where you and I, maybe total strangers, would meet." Um, so I wanted to talk about that cause that couldn't be more true, obviously for your life, having grown up in Transylvania and now you live in Los Angeles running this practice and having Orasana, the health, the wellness brands. So, yes. so yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, looking back, everything that's ever happened to me in my life, mm-hmm. uh, ha- has been useful in one way or another. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even as young as learning from my grandmother or, you know, how to, how to paint that really helps me with my hand skills in dentistry and in periodontics or learning from her how to dry herbs or what herbs are good for what purpose composting all these things come back in the end and mm-hmm. I'm, you know i'm finding them probably more valuable now than i did when i was growing up right 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, to, for all kids to learn that type of information growing up is so useful as an adult. Um, yeah. So having your grandmother and your parents instill that in you. I mean, your dad teaching you how to drill and your mom being in the metals, like, you know, yeah. industry, all of it was so... It just, like, brought you all to this exact moment, which is amazing. Yeah, because I think growing up, we're like a sponge, right? Mm-hmm. So we absorb so much information. Yeah. But especially today, I think it's such a need for us to go back to nature and really understand nature. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow, I think, you know, especially kids today, they don't really get to be in touch with nature so much. And it's so important for, for them to really, you know, pay attention. And I know electronics really have changed our lives, and they're very important. I mean... I, I use my iPhone for everything as well, but it's really good to take a break from that yeah. and really connect back to nature. Yeah. I mean, you said your feet on the earth, like how that even just helped you because that neutralizes our body or like, what did you say, how it um, removes negative energy or something? So yeah, what happens is that earth is negatively charged. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, so this is uh, physics essentially. And we are all energy, essentially. If we go back to the smallest particle in our body is an atom. Atom is basically electrons spinning around Mm -hmm. and protons. So um, energetically, we're being affected. Even, you know, the way electronics work also through Mm -hmm. energy. But the earth is energetic as well. So um, our DNA and our cells know about negative energy because when we were growing up in tribes and, you know, the Paleolithic times... Mm -hmm. We were in contact with the earth all the time, so we had this negative charge. But now that we're wearing shoes, and especially people living in high rises, we have a positive charge. That's interesting. People that are positively charged have been shown to have more depression and more health problems. Seems counterintuitive. You yes. think being positively charged is a good thing. <laughs> well, positive energy is a whole nother yes, thing. Yes, totally. <laughs> but this is just a positive charge right. on the electron level. Okay. So that's why have being negatively charged becomes so important and regrounding. So that's what grounding technology is. And this has been studied for many, many years. So as soon as we have our feet in contact with the earth, we automatically pick up that negative charge. Or, you know, hugging a tree or mm-hmm. planting, gardening, all this stuff mm-hmm. helps us become negatively charged again as we are meant to be. Got it. So yeah. tree hugging is good. Yes. <laughs> Literally hugging a tree. <laughs> Literally, and I, I do that. I know it's silly thing to do, but when I go, I went for a hike this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I just love to hug trees. That's so great. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I'm going to start doing that. Um, so, yeah. So in your book, you talk about obviously using food as medicine. So you go through the herbs and spices and pH balancing tips and all of that. Do you find that there's any difference for men and women to do those things? Or is it pretty much just across the board, the foods? I mean, obviously with women, with our hormones, it's different, right? But in general, would you say that most of that's applicable equally to men and women or not? Definitely it's applicable to men and women because cells have both male and female, you know, the yin and yang. Mm -hmm. So our cells don't know a sexual distribution so to speak mm-hmm. uh and even in a male body there's female energy right so this whole right. yin and yang so the same applies for everyone in terms of the ph balance we all function optimally at a certain ph usually a range of 7 to 7.5 mm-hmm. that's what we want our ph to be uh but speaking of male and female you know women are really in charge of society and women's health so to speak because they empower their partners their kids to really live healthy. Right. So from that aspect, I think. Definitely. That's you important. Know, hold a lot of power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. And yeah, with the, yeah. Con- like the 
you know, making all the financial decisions of the household and yeah. from purchasing decisions and what we eat and everything. It's yeah, totally true. exactly. What, what goes on the table a lot of times, the mm-hmm. woman's decision. Yeah. What purchases are made in terms of nutritionals. Yeah. Um, you know, oftentimes I ask my patients for a male, you know, what kind of toothpaste are you using? Well, I have no idea. My wife buys it, you know. Yeah. They just don't even know sometimes what's going on. Yeah. So I think, you know, as women, we really hold the future of the, of our society. Yeah, and I think women, too, are more in the, like, preventative health mental space, whereas mm-hmm. men kind of show up when something's wrong. Exactly. Very true. Yeah. Yes, I see that in my patients, for <laughs> sure. Um, so the point of this podcast is to really talk about the getting people prepared for parenthood in different ways, right? So maybe not literally caring for a child, but you know, we're going to sleep less, our eating habits are going to be kind of all out of whack. We also need the strength to carry a baby for many years as they grow. So what are some things that you're doing now to preserve those habits as you start to approach parenthood? Like, are there yes. specific, th- like, are you being mindful of that fact? Or are, are they pretty much ingrained into your daily habits enough where you'll think they'll stick pretty, pretty easily? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question, because uh, it's true, as career women, mm-hmm. we are trying to follow a lot of the male examples in career, right? Mm-hmm. And even my, my career is very much male-dominated. So um, for me, for the longest time, I made my schedule, especially my you know, single days, to be uh, always doing something. Mm-hmm. But be doing something at all times, it's very energy-consuming for the body. Mm-hmm. So as I'm looking at being pregnant and having a baby, I need to change my schedule because women who are under stress and always doing something, they're not ready to be pregnant because mm-hmm. you can't be working at the same rate. You know, our body, right. our natural state of being human is to relax. Right. You know, when we don't do that enough today, myself included. So I definitely am looking at my schedule and thinking, okay. I should work one day less with patients or maybe, you know, take the weekend to relax mm-hmm. and just take a nap if I feel like it instead of always like either reading something, doing an article, you know, a presentation. I always right. have things a podcast. in my head. That I know. <laughs> that's true. You know, there's always things that I want right. to be doing. Yeah. So that's my nature. However, I have to be conscious about also resting and relaxing in my normal state because there's a lot of women trying to conceive that are under a lot of stress that cannot conceive. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. Because, you know, we need to use the energy that we're using in career and business towards building and growing this baby. Right. You know, we have a finite amount of energy. So, yes, I am looking at changing my life to not be so much working and to find more of the time to relax and, um, you know, yeah, sleep. meditate exercise is important but it's a different kind of exercise instead of doing so much high intensity cardio Mm -hmm. as i like to do i like to go spinning for example that's not indicated for women trying to get pregnant oh really we actually have to do less intense workouts more that are let's say pilates based Mm -hmm. to strengthen the core and the pelvic muscles yeah yeah, yeah, pelvic health is something I'm really starting to get into because it's yeah. just very interesting. It's also very connected to elimination and just ha- your whole body. So, sure. yeah, pelvic health is very important. Yeah, and as, for example, one of my colleagues, she's a dentist here with us in the practice. 
she was placed on bed rest for five months. Oh my God. And I can't imagine from a you know, career when you have a small business, all of a sudden now she can't go to work. So yeah. she had to find somebody to substitute her. She was worried, you know, so she couldn't get out of bed essentially because she was in danger of losing the pregnancy. And that all comes from taking care of that pelvic, pelvis and the pelvic muscles to strengthen those to oh. be able to carry the pregnancy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So clearly it's very important. <laughs> yes. Um, so on that note, yeah, let's talk about your practice. Um, it's so interesting. You obviously are gathering together such an interesting group of people from different professions beyond dentistry, <laughs> which I love. Um, so how do you, how are you combining your two areas of like nutrition and dentistry for your patients? Is it through like the onboarding or like you said, like you asked what toothpaste, you're clearly talking about your patient, talking to your patients about their lifestyle. So yes. what's that approach like? Yeah. Well, thanks for liking our practice <laughs> <Of course. laughs> uh, because it's, it was really important to me to really understand like whole body health. So our really, um, slogan is your mouth is a gateway to your health Mm -hmm. and as dentists and dental hygienists and uh, oral health uh, coaches our message is really to help people understand that whatever happens in the mouth affects the body and also the mouth acts like a window it's telling us sometimes what's happening in the body Mm -hmm. we can see signs in the mouth and uh It always impressed me going to the medical or nutritional conferences how much sicker we have gotten as a nation and globally. Really, Mm -hmm. we're having obesity issues that we haven't had before, chronic inflammation, metabolic syndrome, things that we've never even had. New diseases emerged Mm -hmm. because of the chronic inflammation. And I think in dental communities, we have such an opportunity to educate people about overall health Mm -hmm. instead of just the mouth. Yeah. You know. I mean, my aunt... Um, it was her dentist who, who made her go check, um, go to the oncologist because he said your gums are really yellow, and her Pilates instructor the day before had told her her eyes were looking really yellow, and she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. But it was her dentist who like pushed wow. her, because of what the signs that were in her mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's clearly very important. <laughs> yes. So here we actually spend a lot of time. Um, not only teaching people about their gums, but about lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we do some nutritional testing to say, okay, what is, are your nutrients that you're taking in really working for you? Are the supplements that you're taking working for you? We can do blood tests. We do saliva tests. We do some genetic testing because certain genetic condition, uh, mutations can cause people to uh, retain toxins more than others. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very important thing for pregnancy. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, the MTHFR gene. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I would think, you know, women are just told to take prenatal vitamins, but then do they know the efficacy? Like, is it really helping them or just not really doing Like, are they just exactly. pee- peeing it out, essentially, at the end of the day? Uh, so yeah. knowing those things about your body, I'm sure, are very valuable when a doctor's telling you, yeah, you're going to need this vitamin. Yes, and especially folic acid. Mm-hmm. For some women, taking folic acid is actually toxic. And that's one of the main ingredients in prenatal vitamins. Wow. And why, why is that? It's because folic acid cannot be converted into folate by most women. And I myself, I'm taking prenatal vitamins with folate, which is the activated version of folic acid. Because okay. I have a certain MTHFR mutation. So MTHFR, I know it's a mouthful (laughs) but essentially it's the folic acid metabolism okay so a genetic mutation can cause certain 
women or men, to have only 60% functioning of this enzyme, which converts folic acid into folate. That's why I'm functioning. I'm functioning at 60% capacity. And when I take folate versus folic acid, I have a whole new level of energy. Mm -hmm. But however, there's people that have the mutation when they only, their, their enzyme works at 30% capacity. And those people are more energy deficient. They retain more toxins. They're predisposed to cardiovascular disease. And, you know, especially when you're pregnant, you don't have enough folic acid. It creates more issues. Mm -hmm with the baby so definitely I highly encourage all women looking into getting pregnant to test for MTHFR okay it's good mm -hmm. to know yes <laughs> um so yeah so I'd love to just get, like head right into that uh, about the testing that you told me that was testing the different metals in your body and the IV treatment that you were seeking out to kind of help flush more of those out and yes. what you're doing just in your daily routine and with food and things like that to additionally help with that yes uh, it's another very important topic. Um, you know, the longer we live, the more toxins we accumulate. Mm -hmm. Our liver and skin and lungs works very hard to help detoxify. Uh, for example, mercury, um, arsenic, lead, aluminum. These are all things that we take in either from, let's say, aluminum from deodorant, for example. That's another thing I recommend a lot of women to just, if they can switch to a natural deodorant that's aluminum-free. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's important. Uh, lead could be from makeup. A lot of makeup has lead in it. Mercury can be from fish. Mm -hmm. Can be from fish oil. And a lot of women are recommended to take fish oil for pregnancy. And it's actually highly recommended because it makes everything more fluid. But you have to make sure you take the right, let's say, you know, uh, fish oil mm -hmm. supplement. So it does, it's not high in mercury. Uh, amalgam fillings or those silver fillings that you know if you open your mouth and you look at them i had tons of those growing up in romania i had 16 of them <laughs> so uh those fillings are 50 percent mercury uh the problem with those is they leach mercury constantly so as you're drinking something hot like hot coffee it releases mercury uh if you're brushing your teeth it releases a little mercury so it's just constant. It's stream constant of mercury, yeah. Stream of mercury. And mercury is a neurotoxin. It goes straight to the brain and the nervous system. That's the issue. And that's probably one of the reasons why it's so many, you know, we have some dentists that are, you know, it's a, one of the highest suicide rates in all professions is being a dentist. Whoa, that's so interesting. Yeah. So um, for pregnancy, it's important not to to lower the mercury level as much as possible we will probably never be mercury free mm -hmm. and some women might be asking well you know how i've never had a silver filling in my mouth i don't eat fish why do i have high mercury it's passed on from the mother we right. see this a lot so so the newborn baby is already born with 360 some chemicals in his body her, her body before they even have contact with the outside world and that comes all from the mother. So, so how much can you do now to get rid, like to release or just eliminate some of those metals? Because I, I know there are some, right, that once they're in your system, they can't ever go out. Like We can it. eliminate a lot of them. So, for example, the test that I've done mm -hmm. was an IV uh, with chelation, the mm -hmm. BTA. So I pulled the mercury out of my fatty tissues. That's where it likes to hide. Mm -hmm. And then we test it in the urine. Then we collect urine for six hours and we test to see, okay, how much I may. I did have lead and mercury. 
So what I did afterwards, there's a way to do it orally. You can take these oral pills and it helps eliminate the toxins. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also do IV chelation. I, I tried this as well. Um, once a week, essentially, you get an IV to help pull the mercury out and then you eliminate it through the kidneys. You have to be very careful, have to go to a practitioner to do this properly, mm-hmm. to make sure that we don't overwhelm the kidneys you know, with, uh, with toxins such as heavy metals. Right. So uh, the bad thing about the IV, it not only pulls the heavy metals out, but also pulls some of the minerals out of the body. So we have to be careful when we do chelation that we take minerals to replenish the loss of minerals from the body. So what are you doing in your diet or in terms of drinking? Like, what are you doing to help compensate for that? So I would, I up the levels of calcium, magnesium, zinc, mm-hmm. manganese, all the trace minerals. Okay. Basically, I doubled that uh, volume. Usually I like to do a calcium citrate, magnesium glycinate, like something that's not carbonate, that's not very readily absorbed. So just the high, highly absorbed level of minerals. It's important. Okay. Now... If people don't want to do necessarily chelation, and some people are really sensitive and they don't do well with chelating, they can also do nutrition base. So increase the dark leafy greens. Of course, minimize the fish that mm-hmm. is in high in mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if, if they have this MTHFR, they don't detoxify very well from mercury, and that's a problem. So even if you're saying, oh, I eat fish once in a while, that may be too much for us. So not everybody should be on the same kind of diet. Cilantro is a great heavy metal detoxifier. I try to eat it every day. Oh, great. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> I think also like for it. acne, it's good. Just elimination okay. in general of toxins. It's really helpful. Great. So yeah, yeah I try really and good. put it in my salads like every day. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, so in terms of using food as your medicine and something that's always on my mind is how I'm going to teach my kids to have a good relationship with food and to really, I think that comes from an understanding of what it can do for you and the benefits of it because, and not to like blame my parents. They, it's not that they were taught any differently and then didn't share that information with me. They weren't taught about the way food can be your medicine, but I, I don't want to pass on any negative habits of like restrictive diets or all that stuff. So when you think about how you're going to educate your kids about food, what, how do you think that'll like, play out how, how will you kind of incorporate that education into their daily life do you think that's a good question and I think it's so important gardening I think it's a great way to kind of teach kids about food mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know little things I remember growing up that's what I did with my grandma and I right. remember you know growing tomatoes and like peppers and like trying them you know like yeah it's just fascinating how things grow and to keep the pests away in a natural way and all these things but also making things that are delicious for them. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, if you go actually to the supermarket, for example, you can find, instead of ta- you know, uh, tater tots, nowadays you can find cauliflower tots. Mm-hmm. They have a much better nutritional volume. Yes. So, or things you can incorporate, like certain things with broccoli, you can incorporate in certain things early. And I think that's the key. If you incorporate vegetables early in the diet, I think then kids learn to have a taste for it. Right. Yeah, and I've heard um, that if kids are involved in that process of the growing or, or cooking or anything like that, they're more inclined to try it and enjoy it because they actually understand where it came from, how it was made, how did it arrive at their plate. 
That's you know, true. so understanding all of that really helps them wrap their head around, like, okay, yeah, I'll try this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, they like to mimic their parents. So I see the parents that I see that are actually, you know, I don't need this, I don't need that, kids tend to be the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of... I, I have lots of patients that don't need fresh fruits and vegetables, unfortunately, that are coming in. And then because they feel like, oh, you know, if I eat an apple, I had this one lady that I remember she said she doesn't eat fresh fruit because whenever she eats an apple she wants another one and she's like what you know i said well maybe your body's telling you something you know when your body's craving another apple it means you really want that vitamin c your body's like you know give me some more of the fresh yeah you know nothing really replaces fresh fruits and vegetables right so yeah that's kind of a silly reason to avoid right like yeah she said she just craved it. i don't know she just wanted to gain weight that was a I mean, fun. another apple is better than another donut. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. have, the, have the second apple. <laughs> have the second apple. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe add some peanut butter. <laughs> it's a great snack. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, in terms of other, like, gardening and things like that, what other traditions are you excited to pass down to your kids? Because you obviously, like, having had all of those great traditions growing up and one you said you know you and your grandmother she had her your family pray which kind of developed into this meditation practice of yours so how do you see those certain traditions you know being passed on to your kids I think it's so important to to pass on traditions that you know from our parents but also to for them to have a sense of community mm-hmm. um I remember watching this documentary called Happy I don't know if you've ever seen it Mm-mm. um but uh, they these scientists, this group of scientists went around the world and wanted to see, okay, what exactly constitutes happiness? Where are the happiest communities? Where are the happiest people and why? So essentially, they came to the conclusion that we need to have a sense of community in order to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing was a purpose in life. And I think those are two things that I want to instill in the kids early in life I mean they can have a purpose in life as a young young, you know child yeah uh, either to help other kids or to you know uh, volunteer to help the community I think it's so important to create that sense of community for them yeah definitely like creating the village and everything yes um, is really important yes very important um Cool. So before we get into the final quick round of questions, so I want to talk to you about my morning smoothie. Okay. So I know you post on your Instagram your morning smoothies. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share what I put in mine and see if there's anything I'm missing or if anything I should take Sounds out. Good. <laughs> anything like that. Yes, okay. I'm happy to. So I put frozen berries first because okay. I feel like low glycemic index. It's like not too sugar, but they're sweet enough. So everything else I add in at least doesn't it doesn't taste like I'm eating yeah. leaves. And you have antioxidants. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and then spinach for my okay. greens. Very good. Um, a scoop of unsalted peanut butter for okay. protein and some omega-3s. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> um, apple cider vinegar, like a little bit. Okay. Just because I don't love, I don't like taking shots of apple cider vinegar, but I feel like this way at least I get it in. Okay. Um, moringa. Okay, that's good. Collagen, um, okay. chia seeds, and and um, powdered wheatgrass. Because I don't have like fresh wheatgrass, but... okay. So that sounds good. It. What do you get the collagen from? What kind of collagen? Is um, it? hydrosalate or hydrolysate? Okay, I don't know. Beef collagen? Um, collagen? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I like it. I like it. Kind of makes it more frothy. Okay. Like no, it's true. I, I don't know. And I have definitely seen a difference. Like my hair is growing like crazy in my nails too. 
since I put that in. Collagen but. is very important to take, absolutely, and you will see a difference in. Well, yeah, for yeah. joint support too, because I don't eat dairy, so I feel like that's really helpful yeah. Um, yeah, for that. At least, hopefully. Yeah. No, absolutely, <laughs> it is definitely it helps for joints. Absolutely. Yeah. And skin, and definitely, um, it makes it gives it a nice texture. Yeah, definitely. Good. Um, and it, tell me again the first few ingredients after the berries. Uh, uh, spinach. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you about spinach. Um, raw spinach is okay. Just try not to do it all the time. And the reason is the oxalate. Okay. It has an acid called oxalic acid. Um, so some people can actually have starting joint uh, have joint pain because of too much spinach. If you just put a little bit, it might be okay. So Substitute it with other things. You can put, for example, I don't know, kale. Mm-hmm. Sometimes don't don't just use spinach. Okay. Um, people that have too much oxalic acid end up like uh, with gout, let's say, for example. But yeah, spinach can can be a little too acidic. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, because I put like a handful, a handful, and I don't eat yeah. spinach at any other time during the day, really. Okay. Because I've eaten so many salads of spinach at this point, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I hear you. It's probably good that your body's telling you something. Yeah, I just can't. I do arugula or like, you know, okay. with romaine or something, right. but I always do a darker green if I ever do romaine. No, but that's it's good. Yeah, I can't eat spinach raw anymore. Good. It's you know what? It's not that healthy. Actually, cooked spinach is healthier. Really? Because of the oxalic acid, it kind of helps cook it off. It does. Okay, so yeah. that's good to know. Uh-huh. So I can still yeah. well, add that to dinner. You have to listen to the body. When your body's telling you, no more spinach salad. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's like, stop. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, um, great. Yeah, I like moringa as an alkalinizing um, uh, leaf, so it's very good to take. But I've heard that when you're trying to get pregnant or when you are pregnant, you should absolutely not be drinking or consuming moringa. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've heard that it could have, like, it could abort your baby. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but that's I what I read when I first that. started doing research on it, because it has all the essential amino acids, right? That's why it's, like, a, it's like a great source, yes. like a plant source. So, yeah, that was just interesting and shocking at the same time <laughs> to find. I don't know. I've got to do some more research on that, yeah. but that's what I remember reading, so... Yeah. Um, Cool. So for the final questions, I'm going to be asking everybody. Okay. Um, what mantra or words do you live by? Well, one for sure is the mouth is a gateway to your yeah. health. And for several reasons. Number one, we process all nutrients through our mouth. You know, good chewing is important. We have to break down the nutrients. People who eat on the run, you know, they end up having digestive problems because neat food needs to be broken down. Mm-hmm. And then the mouth is a gateway to your health because we see things in it. You know, you need to keep it healthy. Bacteria that stays in the mouth can affect the entire body. So, um, yeah. What what other mantras do I have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think those are great. I mean, yeah, definitely focusing on your mouth. It's, you have for sure changed my yeah. entire outlook on that. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it was definitely a few years between seeing a dentist when I first saw you and got me on the water pick and yeah, <laughs> drove me about my taste and helped me avoid many cavity fillings with I'm that so yeah love that yeah um and then we all know it takes a village to raise kids which we kind of already touched on but what do you most value in your community of friends or family that who will help you raise your future kids what I most value about uh, the community where I'm at right now, and mm-hmm. actually I, I live in Beverly Hills and I work in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and I have great neighbors, um, you know, it's really the love that I see poured back in the community. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need more love in the world. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what it, it, if we don't have love, we don't really have anything. So just being part of the community and you know sharing the love. We just had the celebration actually of the lighting ceremony here on Rodeo Drive mm-hmm. where the mayor came out. It was just a nice sense of community to be able to do that. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Those things, those activities. and Yes, exactly. Definitely. Because usually, I mean, I live in New York and I definitely have very little interest in knowing my neighbors. <laughs> I should do better because, you know, what if there's an emergency or something? But yeah, I mean, building that sense of community is very important for sure. Yes, yes. Where you live. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then lastly, what quality do you most admire and hope to instill in your future children? Which I know we also kind yeah. of talked about, like uh-huh. having a purpose, but... Yes, exactly. And I think just for them to be giving. Um, Not, you know, not to be just go-getters, but to be go-givers. It's a phrase I actually learned from the JJ Virgins group, uh, like the Mindshare community. Uh, You know, be a go-giver, not just a go-getter. Yeah, totally. I love Uh, that. Yeah, because I think things always end up kind of returning back. Yeah, that's what I feel like, too. I, I think it's really important to give if you expect to get anything in this life for sure exactly very true (laughs) and really I also want them to to feel that they can do anything Mm -hmm. Uh, and not be afraid to you know if you want to do something try it out and if you fail at it it's not a failure because they're a failure a lot of people I think are are getting stopped in the fear of trying things because because they're afraid of failing yeah and I really want to teach them that that they're invincible and they can do anything yeah that they want yeah, my mom's pretty good about doing stuff like that. And my dad, actually. Yes, they, <laughs> they are. Both are very, <laughs> That's good. very good at instilling confidence in me and my sisters, oh, which I love. Great. And it helps, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule. Oh, <laughs> running multiple businesses. My pleasure. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, take any questions from your viewers at Dr. Sanda. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, nice. so if you want to share, I'll keep it in the podcast notes, too. But but uh, where everyone listening can find you. People can find me at, uh, you know, my YouTube channel. I give a lot of nutritional advice mm-hmm. at uh, uh, Dr. Sanda YouTube channel or um, Instagram or Twitter at Dr. Sanda. Great. Amazing. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I hope that you found this informative and super helpful for all things health related. We'll definitely have Dr. Moldovan on the show again in the future because I know that we could talk for hours about all of this stuff. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you have a couple minutes, please rate and review this podcast in the podcast store. Have a wonderful day.